What's going on, guys? It's obviously Jordan here from the Undergraduate Survival Guide. Today, I've got a very, very special guest, my good old friend from school, Josh Crow. I was speaking to you earlier, and you were saying you came from an all-day radio event where you raised like a grand for your for baby step. Talk us through yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, first of all, mate, thanks for having me on. It's good to good to be on. I've loved the podcast you've done so far, and uh, yeah, it's good to be speaking to you after a while. Um, but yeah, so we just came off the back of doing um, this all-day radio broadcast, and uh, we were basically nominated by Leeds Student Radio, which is like the main radio body um, in Leeds, uh, and they nominated us for this all-day broadcast, and basically what they were doing was an all-day show um, where it was kind of based around self-isolation, um, and all the proceeds they made from that, so you could basically fundraise during the show, um, all the proceeds they made from that went to us and um, this local venue called High Park Book Club. Um, and yeah, we felt really lucky to be nominated. And then they like approached us and, and said they wanted us to do an hour long show. I think the thing went on for like 14 or 15 hours. Um, but yeah, they said we could do an hour long show. Um, and what we did was they basically said, do whatever you want. You can talk more about the magazine, but it felt a bit uneasy just talking about ourselves for a whole hour. So what we did was um, we got in touch with some Leeds-based creatives and interviewed them. So we interviewed Matt Healy, who's a MasterChef finalist. He's from Leeds. We interviewed uh, Nicholas Dixon, who's a Leeds-based artist who we share our studio with. And then we interviewed Dave Beer. And he's basically the man responsible for bringing like club culture into Leeds. He was like a big, big figurehead in like the Leeds music scene and clubbing scene. And then finally we had on Tristan Dacuna, who runs his own record label and he's a touring DJ. So we did that and it was, uh, yeah, it was amazing. And, um, there were DJs playing and, and people doing their own shows during the day. And yeah, it was just, it was such a good experience and, um, people were so, generous with their donations and it it raised um yeah nearly nearly a thousand pounds so yeah we we were over the moon by it man and it just felt really good to do something positive and and be involved in something like that during this kind of crazy time yeah yeah that's crazy man it's, yeah it was really fun it's so weird hearing you say that because i'm from school i never would have imagined you doing <laughs> some madness like that yeah on, how do you even get to this point I think, to be honest, mate, like, I think with, with school, I just, you know, I was, I just had a lot of fun, like, like everyone else did at St. Mark's. And, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't like a bad kid or anything, but I just don't think the penny dropped of like what, um, how education worked and like how to just, yeah, like when I went to university, I just understood how it worked a bit more, like, um, with, you know, getting good getting better at my grades and like just um you know just being more interested in in what I was learning I just got a lot of that I, I thought St. Mark's was a good school and uh, you know I didn't think we went to a bad school at all but um you know so, something about going to Leeds I don't know maybe it was because not a lot of other people in our year went to Leeds so I did feel a bit like right okay I'm here I've come all the way to Leeds I better you know do something and to be honest, mate, I just remember with my A-level results, I remember just feeling like obviously I got the results to get to university and, and that was all fine. But I just remember being like, oh, it's kind of 
I just remember being like, wow, that just doesn't in any way reflect like, um, reflect me. I just felt like it only really reflected being quite lazy or not putting in enough effort. So yeah, from then on, I just was like, if I'm going to, you know, do my degree or whatever I do, I, I just want to do it properly. And, uh, yeah, something about coming to Leeds just totally inspired me. And I had a bit of like fire in my belly that I just didn't have at school necessarily. So, uh, so yeah, it kind of happened from that, mate. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy to hear, man. Yeah. It was bizarre. Like, um, it wasn't in my head that I'd go to Leeds and then do all this, do all of this stuff. Um, but yeah, I did just definitely take going to Leeds and going to university as an opportunity to just, uh really build and um yeah just just start some new exciting things yeah yeah what's life up there in leeds because like bristol's very much like london just without all the knife crime (laughs) (laughs) sounds unreal mate Uh, but yeah leeds is leeds is like amazing i couldn't couldn't recommend a city more um it, I mean, ev- everywhere depends on what type of a person you are. But I think the fact that Leeds is such a student city really helps. Um, my mum's from Leeds, so I felt fairly familiar with it as a city and it didn't really intimidate me. Um, but yeah, when I did come to Leeds, I just, mate, in terms of like your options for like a night out or just the amount of things going on in Leeds, I, I just, I still find it like amazing and, Obviously, there's so much opportunity in London, and if you get bored in London, you're you're just you aren't doing it right. But there was something <laughs> about Leeds that um, I just find amazing, and especially in terms of like the magazine and the stuff I do, um, I found that Leeds has the kind of reach of a big city like London would in terms of like all the big DJs and um, bands still come to Leeds. But the accessibility is so much more in Leeds than it is in London. So if I wanted to interview a band or a DJ in Leeds, it's so much easier to do than in London. And uh, yeah, I just noticed there's a bit of a streak of that in Leeds of people are a bit more personable. Um, and yeah, there's just a really nice feeling. But I still do absolutely love London. It's not it's not saying Leeds is better than London, but I'm just <laughs> I'm just very, very happy in Leeds at the moment. mate. Yeah, yeah, I can tell, man. Leeds seems like such a wild place in terms of music. Like, I know you touched on it a bit as well, but who came to Bristol? It must have been the internet, I think. And Rizzle Kicks came one year. And I was like, how come we don't get any of the big, big artists? Like, when I think Kendrick came at one point, he went to Leeds, Manchester, London. I'm like, how come we don't get any of that? And then I figured, like, Leeds has one of the biggest arenas in the country. And that that whole music culture just seems like such a vibe out there. Yeah, like the the arena will have played a big part in terms of the big acts. But in terms of the smaller acts, um, one of the things I've noticed when um, I've either read other interviews or interviewed artists myself is a lot of them say that there's certain venues in Leeds that um, when they're kind of given a 50-50 of, right, you can either play a show in Leeds or this city, they'll always choose Leeds because of the venues it has. So we've got a venue that's just down my road called Brusenell Social Club. And it's it's honestly one of the most amazing places you could go to music wise. It's like an old man's pub. But then you go into another room and it's just this amazing stage and like, um, you know, acts from all over the world play there. And uh, it's amazing. And there's loads of other venues and nightclubs as well that are just just unbelievable. So I think the thing is with Leeds, once 
DJs and artists come to Leeds, as well as just people, you get a bit of a bug for it. And uh, yeah, I think that's what it does. I think it just draws the best acts in because they enjoy their time here so much. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I might set up my podcast studio in Leeds then. You saw yeah, me. yeah, do it, man. <laughs> Move into the studio with us. It'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Was it easy to find? Like, I've always assumed you need a lot of money and capital to to set up things like this. Like Baby Step, you seem to come from nowhere to being like, at least from my perspective, a very big magazine. Like, it's been it's been really gradual, mate. And um, yeah, it certainly wasn't like an easy thing to. Uh, to yeah get to where we are now but yeah it's it's i, I think if i was ever going to do something like this uh, i'd want to do it in a place like leeds i've been very lucky that i'm in the city i am um for doing a project like this um i think it could have worked in london but not necessarily with my kind of local area like i don't really know any i'm sure you're the same mate like i don't know many like genuine like gig venues just down my road like mm. i have you know if i wanted to go to a gig say i was going with you obviously you know james and tom Gard tom gardner james holland we always used to go to gigs and mate we'd be on the train for like an hour and a half to get to these gigs like it was nuts and then whereas in leeds like as i said down my road is like one of my favorite music venues so i think the fact that i was in a city that was so big on music really encouraged me um almost the second i was in leeds and studying here i was like right i want to make a magazine about music um from there it was just just loving it and really enjoying it um there were little perks like just even being able to go to a gig and not have to pay for a ticket just helped so much like because i'd always be like you know worried about i'd have to choose a gig to go to whereas you know if you went and did a review or an interview you could get in for free so that was like amazing i thought that was the best thing ever um and then it just progressed more and more people found out about it and then we just keep having these milestones of like you know a thing happening like getting a radio show or getting a studio or just something would keep happening that would just take us to that next step so it's been really gradual mate but um but yeah i don't, I don't think it could have happened in a place other than leeds yeah yeah i was thinking like because when we were back in school, I must have gone to a gig. What, I went to three different events, but all of them were in Heatham House. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, Kingston. Wow. I'd love to know if that place still exists. Literally, yeah. I don't think I've been there since. It would have been Cormac's event, I think. I don't know if you remember that, like four four years before you finished. So what, six, eight years ago? Wow. That's crazy. I don't know if I even went to that. I should have. But yeah, Cormac's doing some amazing things, isn't he, with uh, with Gringo, with his brother um so yeah hopefully they do a gig near us soon again we'll have to all go yeah that'd be sick because I've, I've been meaning to see Cormac for so long the last time i heard he was studying medicine and it's like oh you know he's a music artist now <laughs> yeah no it's brilliant and like um yeah anyone listening should definitely check out his music um it's really really good and he's been doing it with his brother for like a couple of years now i think but every tune just seems to be getting better and better production wise so yeah bit, big up Cormac. <laughs> 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 yeah sh humble plug mad man can you i don't think i ever really understood your um like the hierarchy of baby step is it i assumed it was just you that started from the ground up but have you got a team going on there or is it so yeah like at the start it was just because i never knew it would get the reach it did or like have the 
yeah, just be what it is. It was, it was only me for like, um, for quite a while. I'd be, you know, just doing in, interviews on my own and, and reviewing gigs on my own. And, but just slowly, mate, it was just more and more people. And, and now there is, um, different roles and we've got editors and writers, photographers and, and all sorts. But yeah, at the start, it was like, it was a bit of a one man band. And then, yeah, but, uh, since people have come on board, that's where Baby Step really became what it is and had its identity. Because when something isn't just your own, it's like everyone's. It just becomes something so much, so much better and communal. And uh, now it's a case that we've ha- we've been lucky to have nearly 200 contributors since we've been running. And um, yeah, every everyone we ask, like, what's you know how would you describe baby step or what does baby step mean to you everyone says a different thing so yeah it's been amazing for us getting all those people on board yeah that's that's wavy man that's so cool I, I literally remember three right. years ago you must have i think you sent me like a facebook um like like this page link i'm like what's going on here <laughs> <laughs> and now it's like a, a whole online community like i i keep seeing it around online like now nah, it's crazy what you've done with baby step man Oh, thanks so much, man. Yeah, the start, it was, uh, yeah, it was just tunnel vision, really. I did, I didn't know what form it would take. And I suppose I was a bit more like aggressive isn't the right word, but like I was just very, very focused in on making it big, not make, yeah, it was about getting it big and making it as big as possible. But then slowly but surely when people come in and you know, you go to a really special gig or someone writes something really lovely for the magazine. You start being like, nah, it's, it's so much more than it being as big as it can be. It's about the memories and the people you meet. And it's, uh, it's kind of become something I never thought it would, uh, in terms of its size and just what it means to me. Um, I thought it was something I could put, you know, on, on my CV is just something I did. And, but n- now it's like, I can't imagine living in Leeds about it but also just kind of my life without it because so many of my friends in Leeds and the people I've met have been because of this magazine so I don't know it's it's been like supporting a football club or something mate it's been it's been like it's been uh, it's, it's it means a lot to me and um it's it's done a lot for me definitely yeah I mean on the topic of football I'm not sure if West Ham fits in oh mate it's uh it's been pretty dreary pretty much since when I went to uni. It's been awful, man. <laughs> um, I know you've not been having much joy as an Arsenal fan either, but yeah, it's been uh, just not good, bro. Not good. Um, we obviously moved to the Olympic Stadium and it's just not a mass to anything. I don't think they did the move properly. Um, I was never against us going there, but I just think the way they did it is... Uh, it just wasn't good, man. They've not done it properly. And even when you talk about teams like Tottenham, I hate Tottenham, obviously. I'm sure you do as well, but <laughs> they've done that. They've done that move properly. That's a proper, proper stadium, um, world class stadium. And yeah, when you look at how clubs have done it like that, it does make you just be like, what's going on? But yeah, um, West Ham haven't been the, uh, been <laughs> giving me much joy over the past three years so yeah i think baby steps taken over with my kind of like what gives me happiness <laughs> yeah i hear that as soon as benga left i started this podcast man i'm like i can't do it anymore yeah just get it out <laughs> in some way yeah i get you man <laughs> what's the football scene like in in leeds because obviously leeds are doing very well this well before this happened but 
Oh, mate, it's mad because it's. I think Leeds is one of the only cities, one club cities in the country, like as in a big club, like you know, in you've got like Villa and Birmingham, you've got all of those, all of those cities where there's two big clubs or there's just two clubs in general. In Leeds, mate, anyone who's not, you know, a student is is crazy about Leeds United. Um, so yeah, that's that's all you'll see, and then. With with watching football in general, yeah, there's loads of students who are like into their footy. So um yeah, it's a pretty footy mad city, but also rugby's massive here as well, mate. Like um rugby league especially. It's, there's Headingley Stadium down the road and that's where they play the cricket as well. So yeah, there's sport they're a sporty lot round here, mate, in Leeds. It's like uh they're kinda of going for all the different ones. But yeah, Leeds United mad. So uh yeah, a lot of football here as well, man. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I really got to get up north more. Yeah, you do. You'd enjoy it, like, and even the surrounding cities, like Manchester, Liverpool, like they're they're all only like they're less than two hours away. Um, just all of these like really, really other cool places you can go to. So, uh, yeah, I think it's underrated, but I think more people are copping on now to go to Leeds. Like, um, from the year below us, mate, like there were loads more kids. Who uh who came um came to Leeds from our school? Um, I think it was only me and Cameron who came to Leeds from our school. Crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, I think it's increasing year by year. And then my brother Oscar goes to Leeds as well, and uh, quite a few people in his year are here as well. So yeah, I think it's I think it's becoming more popular, man. That's mad. I can't even think of. No more than like ten names of people from my school who came up to came up north, well, to the Midlands, I should say, before I get abused online. <laughs> <laughs> no, like it just it just didn't seem as much of a choice for people. Um, I suppose maybe why it was more comfortable for me was that my uh, my mum's from Leeds, so I've got no kind of um, yeah, I, I I knew what Leeds Leeds was like, so I suppose I wasn't as you know a lot of people might have not gone to Leeds before, so. They wouldn't know what to think of it, but yeah, really glad I did come here, man. Yeah, I mean the fact you still there, fucking hell. The fact you still live out there says enough, man. How come you decided to not come home after graduating, mate? It was just a thing of like momentum. Like a lot of momentum had been made in terms of just um, the magazine, and then, but but more than anything, like I'd say my degree was the only time in my life where I actually understood what education could do or what it could be. Like, I, it's nothing to – I'm not in any way trying to, like, criticise what St. Mark's was like as a school. I thought it was a good school. But um, I just, something in me just realised, like, what the whole point in it was. And in, if you embrace it, you'll enjoy it a lot more. Um, yeah, I just started understanding it a lot more. So – you know, after that had happened, I'd enjoyed it so much and made a lot of friends and the magazine had happened and gone well. I just thought it would be a bit dramatic to just go, go straight back to London, if you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> um, And yeah, like, I'm really glad I didn't. I'm really glad I didn't go back to London. Um, I did work in London for like a few months and I really enjoyed it. I, I did that this year. Um, but yeah, every weekend I was back to Leeds, man. That's nice, man. That's good. I don't think I'll do that with Bristol. I think once I'm done, I'm just, I'm back home. Mum's cooking for me. 
Yeah, no, I get, I get home. <laughs> that, that's a massive thing, mate. Like home comforts are, are something you're always gonna go back to, and it makes sense. Um, but yeah, I've got, I've got family in Leeds, and I, I don't know. I just, I just have always felt like, and Leeds is only, even though it's miles away, it's only like two hours on the train. It's not, it's not that deep. Like, do you know what I mean? Like coming home from when I was working in London Bridge. Um, this year it took me like an hour and a half to get hurt um and my thinking was it takes me half an hour more to go from leeds to london like do you know what i mean so mm. it's um i don't know even though it is far away i've always felt i've always felt that it's really not too far away at all um so yeah i, I just felt like i had to stay in leeds and, and give it a go man yeah two hours is nothing like to be fair from London to Bristol for me is like an hour forty five, so <laughs> like Yeah. That's nothing if you can get from it takes us like an two hours to go from west to east London. So <laughs> It's crazy, isn't it? Like the amount of commitment we used to have to put in to go on certain nights out, like it would be genuinely like yeah, I could go back to going to those gigs. Me me, James and Tom would be getting back at like we go to a gig that finished at like eleven. We'd be getting home at like one. 130 sometimes it was nuts it was like we've been to another city or something um yeah just going to like elephant and castle it's ridiculous but um yeah it's just yeah london's just so so big and um i just never felt like leeds was that far away so yeah just wasn't too worried about it Mm -hmm. for me like the worst part about london for me is the night bus because in haze i get like the n9 to hounslow then i got to walk an hour (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's nuts it's really really nuts like me me and shane uh we we came back from some nights out sometimes and got that night bus and like you'd be you'd be on it for like an hour and a bit and then you get another we'd be just delirious by the end like if we came out of a club <laughs> um but yeah L- L- london can be a myth traveling what's it like in bristol to get from like a to b is it is everything quite easy uh it's hard to say like in my first year i never really left campus i would like walk from home to the union come back and then second year i learned to drive so i've never really had to take buses but it's it's walkable for the most part and all the clubs and bars are in one place so you don't really have to do much walking yeah i've I've only been to bristol once and really really enjoyed it it was uh really cool have you been to like have you been to the club motion oh yeah motion is the one to go to man yeah <laughs> yeah i've heard um I've heard good things, but I, d- I didn't get to go the well the only time I was there. Hopefully, I'll go next time. <laughs> next time, when when all of this is over, mate, whenever that is. But um, yeah, I've heard really good things. Yeah, man, I'm here for two more years, so let me know. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely sort something out, mate. Motion's probably the only big venue in Bristol, because otherwise we get loads of small acts. I don't want to say any names. I'm going to get in trouble, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, nah, it's, it's a good spot to go. Yeah, I want to ask you, yeah. Yeah, go on, mate. Because one thing that always annoys me when I see your Instagram is um your artwork. Mm. Where, like, where, where do you find all this cool stuff, man? <laughs> I, um, I have white and grey walls, and you have these <laughs> some amazing pictures. Um, do you just mean the artwork we have for the magazine in general? Well, I mean the picture behind you is. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, that that came from um. Yeah, it, it, it's a good story, actually. Um, so 
an art the the studio we're now in um we yeah the story of how we got in there is um i interviewed an artist in leeds called nicholas dixon and that's whose art you're on about um yeah so he's called nicholas dixon and uh he's a leeds based artist and i sorted an interview out with him uh two christmases ago it was like just before christmas and um yeah, I, I interviewed him and I knew he had a studio. So he went, right, OK, you, um, meet me in the studio and uh, we can do this interview. So I met him. He showed me this studio and, mate, I couldn't believe it. Like it was in the centre of Leeds. I went up and it was just like it was honestly like everything you could dream of for a studio. It's just like you go up these like really weird stairs and then you're up and it's just all of his arts there. And he was sharing it with a radio station at the time. and. Um, yeah, I, I just remember thinking like, this is the coolest thing ever. Like this studio <laughs> is amazing. How, how sick is it that he's got his own studio? And then interviewed him in uh, a local pub, which was really nice. And the interview went really well. And, um, and yeah, like after that, we kind of hit each other up every now and then, like commenting on each other's stuff, just supporting each other. And then the day I finished my dissertation, literally the day I finished, he messaged me saying, hi, Josh, hope you're well, mate. Um, can I give you a call? I called him and he asked, he told me he had this exhibition going on in the center of Leeds um, and that he was getting a New York graffiti artist on board called Sen One. And uh, he just wanted to know if I wanted to be on board and help out. So, yeah, I went there and we didn't really know where it was going to go, but we got on really well. Um, I really liked the idea of the exhibition. And and then sooner, yeah, before you knew it, he just brought me on board. And uh, I worked on that exhibition for like three months. And during that, we became really good mates. And, and then um, when I was working in London a month or so later, I got a call from him. He said, give me a call. I need to talk to you. Like, and I, and I was like, what's going on? Because it had just been at the end of the exhibition and, um, you know, there'd be loads of stressy moments where things were happening. Um, just that mm. like, just because it is stressful doing that type of thing. So I thought, Oh no, like what's happened? What's happened with the exhibition is, is something, you know, so yeah. I, I, I answered it and, uh, he just said, mate, um, the space in the studio has become available. Do you want to move in? And I was just like, what? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was on my lunch break on my first day at work in London and I genuinely, it was at London Bridge. And I was looking at London Bridge and I was just like, wow, I couldn't believe it, man. It was like a dream come true that I almost didn't even dream happening. It was nuts because <laughs> I thought that studio was so, so cool, but I never thought we'd end up in there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I always thought that was the coolest studio ever. And I was very jealous, not jealous, but like, I was like, wow, that's so cool. And then, yeah, to have him be like, do you want to become, do you want to, do you want to get involved and do you want to uh, move in? I was like, yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, we moved in in January and, uh, I'm still scratching my head that it's happened, mate. <laughs> that's an amazing story though. What an experience totally that even the exhibition was was just unbelievable like he is um he's a guy who's been smashing it in leeds for for you know more than 10 years of his art um biggest artist in in the city and his his art's all over and uh 
firstly for him to ask me to get on board that that was just yeah such a buzz in itself but then um for it to go where it went and and meet all of his you know the people he works with and the people he knows and then and then to move into the studio mate it it was nuts and I think it was I know this podcast is sometimes a thing about talking to people who may be still in university and all of that and one bit of advice I could maybe try and get in here is never ever be ashamed of working under someone like um that was an experience where like he brought me in to help him and then now that we're in this studio it just fit, do you know what i mean and all of mm-hmm. all of that was just because i said yes to initially helping him out with something so all i'd say to people is like anyone who's got um something they do on the side of uni or even what they do with uni if you ever get given an opportunity to just be around someone who's maybe you know doing what you want to do just jump at it because um you know it can lead to really good opportunities yeah yeah that's good advice man i was like that for so long like i don't want to work for anyone but myself (laughs) yeah like i I think it's quite natural though i I think as young people we um we're very aware that you know certain people can get exploited and stuff but it, it might be seen as old-fashioned, but just just working under people initially, or um, going to people who might be a couple of steps ahead you, ahead of you at the time, just just don't be worried about it. You've got so much to learn by doing that, and um, sometimes that can be worth more than a degree or an internship. You know, absolutely, yeah, it's building that network. A hundred percent, and uh, if you show you care. Um, yeah, as long as they're not a horrible person, they're going to love that, aren't they? If you show you're passionate and, and willing to learn, then uh, then you're bound to kind of do well or, or make your mark in um, in whatever it is you want to do. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Shout out Nicholas, though. Nicholas Dixon, yeah? Nicholas Dixon, yeah, he's um, a good mate and an, an amazing artist um, who's, yeah, he's just recently done a nhs giveaway where he gave away um a piece of his original one of his original paintings and then 50 other pieces of artwork and um that's all to nhs staff which was amazing and yeah it's been keeping morale going um but yeah check him out if you uh if you haven't already nicholas dixon yeah i'll check that out as soon as we're done man i wish i could do the same thing with banksy in bristol yeah get off mate. I'm, <laughs> sure, I'm sure he's about i'm sure he's about mate i'll try and get him on a house party or something or zoom yeah. mate get him on the podcast they'll be loving it get him to do the next bit of artwork for the podcast <laughs> i'm moving to the studio yeah definitely man bring him to leeds as well <laughs> oh i can't wait how did you find um because obviously you graduated now but looking yeah. back how did you find uni it was literally the best thing I uh, yeah I loved it I completely loved it um I was lucky I did a degree where like everyone in that department was there to teach you get a lot of lecturers at universities who are there um to do research and teach on the side whereas every teacher I had on my course was passionate about teaching and that went such a long way mate like how into their subject they were and just how like it it was honestly amazing like to just 
go into a classroom and then they'd start talking about like things going on at the moment and like contemporary issues. And I did sociology and it was just every week we went in, we'd just be talking about what was going on and what we were hearing in the news. And I loved that side of it. And then outside of university, doing the magazine, the nightlife, the city in general, I loved it. So, um, I think it's the best thing I ever did, mate, coming to Leeds. Um, yeah, I'm so glad I did. So yeah, university was amazing for me. Yeah, yeah. Leeds sounds like a real <laughs> mad important place for your, you know, early twenties, late teens. Definitely, man. Like, um, regardless of what happens in the future, I think, yeah, I do, I'll always have my eye on Leeds and, and what it's, what it's given for me personally. And more than anything, just the confidence it's given me, um, has been amazing. And I think Leeds has taught me that um yeah once it did give me that confidence i i realized like things like confidence and just believing in yourself are so big in whatever it is you want to do whereas maybe i thought in school that those things didn't matter as much but um yeah it's just a great city anyone who hasn't gone make sure you do come to leeds you can do it the next baby step party we have i'm sure you can you can visit it <laughs> visit the city that way but yeah mate honestly every time we do a party I just try and get four or five uh, people from our school or like back home to come down. And yeah, I think they've, um, they all enjoyed it quite a bit. That's a vibe. I think your last one was in November time, right? I think me, Michael, I know James went anyway. We were like, we've got to go to this. We've got to go to this. I can't remember what came up, but James came back, said it was the maddest night. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's been a while. <laughs> yeah. James came to our first ever night. That was amazing, man. It was, uh, it was again down the road from me, a place called Royal Park Pub. And it was literally just a pub, uh, most of the time that we were at university. But then, um, our event, it had been a venue for like a month or two months. And, uh, it's this downstairs cellar that was the venue. So we put on an event because we were like, right, that's the natural next step. Let's put on an event. Um, so we put on this event. Um, we, 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 we just thought if it flops, it flops. That's it. Um, but we want to say that we put on an event and we, uh, we sold out and it was nuts. Like we sold out the night and, um, everyone who'd ever read the magazine or knew about it came there that night and, uh, yeah, it's one of the best. I think it's probably the best, best day of my life, man. Like, it was amazing. <laughs> like, just to have, I can't explain, like, having, like, something that's, you know, you've been doing in your bedroom the whole time, pretty much, like, from a laptop, just, you know, this thing you've done on a laptop, like, and then to just see people come because they know about it and be like, oh, and just talking about the magazine or just enjoying the night. It was amazing to see, like, it almost changed what the magazine was making it an event because it brought a personality to the magazine. Um, so yeah, I'll never forget that night. And, uh, it was amazing. And then we, we did another event at a venue called the old red bus station and that sold out as well. And that was another amazing experience, but that first event, like I'll just never get over. Um, yeah, I just couldn't believe it was happening really. So yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, that's, that's vibes, man. That sounds so sick. No. I remember uh, last year, I think, I saw yeah. you guys doing a yoga event and I was like, this is, this could go so left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh, mate, like, um, yeah, we knew we wanted to get more hands-on with stuff and, like, start doing events or just more interactive stuff. So we did a charity fundraiser, uh, yoga event, and loads of people turned up. It was really nice. Uh, and my mate Kaylee, uh, yeah, shout out to Kaylee. She, she's a yoga instructor now, qualified yoga instructor. Nice. Um, she got a qualification in India last year. And yeah, she's been really, really kind to do all of these classes for free. Um, and yeah, all the money goes to charity. So yeah, she's been a legend putting on those classes for us. And we're, we're thinking of doing an online one, man, uh, an online yoga class, like a live stream type thing during all of this. So yeah, be sure to tune into that. But yeah, that was, that was like the first kind of thing we did. And then, um, and then yeah, obviously the events came after. Mm. Yeah, that's mad. That's jokes, though. <laughs> no, it was it was fun. It was fun. I think I just about didn't make an idiot out of myself with yoga. I played it safe and didn't go for any of the crazy sort of like moves. But yeah, it it was good, man. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> mad. It's, it's funny. Like I tried yoga for like a twenty minutes my first year, and I was like, nah, because all we did in school was football all the time. And <laughs> that's it. After that year 13 summer, I got so stiff. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to sit here at my desk and my laptop for the next four years and call it a day. <laughs> retired, <laughs> retired. But yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, mate. Yeah. You, like I've done it maybe three or four times. Two of them I didn't really enjoy. But then there was this one time um, where, yeah, my mate Kaylee, she was just really good at making sure everyone like was feeling comfortable and like it was the first time i'd done it and like people weren't laughing about it do you know what i mean like it was a bit mm. more not fully serious but it was a bit more serious and uh no it was it was really good actually like i really enjoyed it but yeah it's just uh it's just quite long to commit to stuff like that isn't it <laughs> definitely yeah i could never man this is why I, I don't even go to gym anymore it's just oh, laptop mate. and bed Tell me about it. I need to get back into a bit more of a routine with that type of stuff. Like every time I go running or every time I go to the gym, I actually really enjoy it. Um, it's just about doing it, isn't it? It's about getting, getting to that place to, to do it, you know, in the first place. But yeah, that, that is harder than it seems. <laughs> Definitely, man. Oh, post lockdown, I'll be on it for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's keep lying to ourselves. <laughs> yeah, and then before all of this, we just went, there's just not enough time to do these kind of things. And now we've literally got all the hours in the world. And uh, yeah, I'm the same as you, mate. I'm going to do it all after lockdown. It'll be fun. <laughs> it's funny, like, I didn't do any coursework before lockdown, and now that's all I do. So, <laughs> oh, mate, How's that all going? Oh, uh, uni, I mean... I'm at a point where I see guys like you doing bits. I see guys like James, you know, applying for things. And it's like, I just can't wait to get out and start working. Yeah, I think I think people are just different with, with what it is. I I felt like I could do a bit of bit of both just because I was lucky that I found sociology is like very, it's, it's a bit more wordy and it's about opinion and stuff. But, you know, if you're studying a science or or maths like that, that's just straight up, uh, you know revise and and take exams or or you know put in a lot of work for coursework whereas sociology i was lucky i think it gave me it i had enough free time that i could do stuff on the side so but yeah i'm um i'm sure it will uh it'll all 
kind of make a bit more sense once this bit of coursework's over, mate. It can just feel really stressful at times. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, I feel like uni's a lot. Like, the first year is probably not too bad because it's very similar to A-levels. And then years two and three, I've heard, are, like, <laughs> the most stressful out of everything. But then once you're done, it's, life's just great. Mate, for me, uni was just the biggest, in terms of just coursework or pressure, it was, I've never dealt with something that was in extremes like that. Like, mm. it was either, I mean, I don't know about you, but there were a couple of times I was at uni where I almost forgot that I was there for uni. Like, you're just in this city having the best time ever, and you forget that you're actually there to get a degree, and you're there to do that. And then when the coursework comes, you definitely know you're there to get a degree. You definitely <laughs> do that stuff, but... um you know, that's what it's like. But I kind of liked the freedom of university because we had like 24 hour libraries and stuff. And if if I ever really need to t needed to turn it around, I felt really lucky that I could just go to the library and do it. Whereas whereas at home, like you, for school, your mum would just go nuts if you were trying to stay up at like two in the morning to do stuff. And so, yeah, I think it, I think uni just I was lucky that uni kind of worked for me. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it can be really stressful sometimes. Yeah, definitely, man. It's a good point about libraries as well, though, because I, I was home, what, a day before lockdown. Yeah. And every 20 minutes, like, Jordan, come and fix the TV. Jordan, come and change the channel. It's like, oh, mum, just... <laughs> yeah. I still have work. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's the beauty of a library is that, like, it is literally... That's the only thing you can really do there is work. Maybe you can muck about on your laptop, but it's just a bit pointless, isn't it? So I did like that... Um, that yeah, in uh, in Leeds, I could just go somewhere where it was only about getting my work done. So, uh, so yeah, 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 just jam. That's it, um, man. I gotta ask because like you've obviously mentioned Nick, Nicholas, and Kaylee, and like all these other great people in your life. Like, how have you gone about meeting these guys? Because Bristol is like a dark place sometimes. <laughs> oh, <mate. laughs> oh no. Um, yeah. So with meeting, oh, it's just it's you meet. It's it's a case of meeting one person and then meeting everyone else. So so me and Rob, uh, who I've not mentioned before, Rob's a massive part in Baby Step. He's an editor. Um, he does yeah, he's been on board uh, from very early on. He does um, he does loads for us, and he's one of my best mates. And um, so me and Rob got put in a house together in the second year of uni. We both knew different people um, who brought us to that house. Um, and then from living there, we became really good mates and he got on board the magazine and then he introduced me to a load of his friends uh, and I introduced him to a load of my friends. So, yeah, um, people like Kaylee, I met through Rob and yeah, it's um, I think that's just how it is. Those those weird circumstances where you meet someone. Um, but yeah, the, even in that, like the magazine was why I kind of ended up becoming good friends with Rob and then becoming mates with um with everyone else so so yeah the magazine certainly helped and i lived that second year house was a 14 person house mate so yeah it was um it was uh yeah there were a lot of people in there living with 14 people was certainly uh an experience that's crazy yeah i lived fun. with eight people or well, seven others in my second year and i thought that was mad <laughs> 14 yeah. is like <laughs> Yeah, it was like it was almost too many people, though, because um, what happened was there was obviously you're split up 
through floors. There's like three floors. So what would happen was like it'd be mostly the girls were downstairs and the boys were upstairs. So you you genuinely wouldn't see someone for like three or four days. It was nuts. Like and um I've lived in smaller houses since and yeah, it's probably just a bit nicer because you yeah, you actually see the people you live with a bit more, which is which is always a, a bonus. Um, but yeah, it was a good experience. That's crazy, man. How, how did you even find a fourteen-person <laughs> house? That that sounds like a mansion sort of sort it, of levels. It fully was like a yeah, man, a mansion type house. It was it was like it looked like Tracy Beaker, the Tracy Beaker's dumping <laughs> out there. That's what it looked like. It just was this weird, weird house. But um, I met, it was in first year, I became mates with a guy called Xander. Um, and we did a little magazine thing in first year. Um, and then he introduced me to, yeah, everyone there. And um, I live with those guys. And yeah, so just all these little, all these little connections of uh, meeting, meeting people and, uh, and then, yeah, just meeting more people. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how you never like met the person directly. It's always like you met A who showed you B who showed you C and then suddenly down the line it's like a very good link. That's it. That's it. I think that's what um a lot of leads is like, but social life in general, you know, getting introduced to a person via someone else. Um I can yeah. <laughs> I like most of my friends are, are through that type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy, man. It's interesting because school was like the complete opposite. It was just thrown in this, you know, seven more. It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Yeah, it was. It was. Everything was a bit more instructional and organized, wasn't it? And, uh, yeah, you were cut. You weren't forced to be friends, but, um, yeah, it was, you could explain why you were friends with certain people, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah, most of the time. <laughs> most of the time, yeah. What would you say is your. Like if if someone says St. Mark's, what's the first thing that comes to your head? First memory. Oh mate, I tell you what the the sixth sixth form um, common room. I think about that a lot. Um, that's a fond memory. I quite like sixth form. How did you find it, mate? Really? That's that's weird. I hated sixth form. <laughs> not ac- not ac- not like academically, like. But I just I remember like I did like how both the sides of the year started talking and. And that type of side of it, like I did like it in that respect. Um, mm. Obviously, there wasn't as much room for just going mental and like, enjoy, you know, like that side. But um, I'd say that's one of my first memory, like one of my the first things that comes to my head. Playing football in the playground, that's a big, big one. Um, nice. Yeah. What about you? What's like the first thing that comes into your mind? Me, it's got to be, would have been drama in year eight. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah, drama was was like you can't touch that in terms of good times. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, lights! Like, just how much fun we we used to have in those types of things. Just like it was a free for all. Like like me me and Ben Conway got moved out of A one, like A A one, whatever class it was. Like because we just we were just it just was not good. It was not good. Um, we we're just having yeah. too much too much fun, I think. But yeah, that that was probably a blessing in disguise, really. But yeah, it was uh, it was nuts, wasn't it? That's a good memory for sure. Good, good times. I was moved out as well. The same, well, the year after, I think they put me in A two. Yeah, like, they, just, they, they split a whole class up because we were. 
<laughs> it's actually nuts. It's nuts. But, um, yeah, really, really good memories, obviously. Um, I had so much fun during like year eight. Uh, I don't know about you, but year eight just was the most fun ever. Like I, I literally thought it was so good. By far. Like I was sad in GCSE when, when we had to stop doing drama, music, like all the artsy things. Like, I used to love art, not even for the actual subject, but for the class. <laughs> oh, mate. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 oh, so much, so much. It was like a competition at times, how, how bad it got. But yeah, then, but then now, like I've gone to uni and enjoyed, enjoyed learning. A part of me is like, how bad is that? But we used to, we used to be like that. But I, I think everyone who's been to school would, would have a year they remember where it just was, you know, fun. And I think that's an important part as well. You need to, you need to have enjoyed yourself. You don't want to have been a robot the whole way through and, and not know how to how to talk to people and, and laugh about things. Yeah, definitely. There are a lot of skills you've got to learn when you're when you're going through it. Because I guess, because I know people now that get to uni, they haven't really had that experience. And it's you find it harder to, to like make the most of your time there. Mate, if you're deprived of those social skills, very basic social skills, it's going to impact you at some point, unless you're an academic, um, unless you work in a field that's just, you know, you get in, you do your work and that's it, you know. But in this world, most of the things we do are going to be working with people and, and how we interact and, and all of that, especially for me. Like, I know for sure I'll, I'll never be in a thing where it's just like, go to work, do this, that's done. Like, I'm going to have to use my social skills and conversational skills in in what I do so you know those early years and we were just enjoying ourselves and socializing a bit more I, I think they're important and um and yeah man I, th- I think uh when you go to university you certainly see people who are very very intelligent and rich in one aspect but they also lack quite foundational social skills and um I think you get caught out at some point with that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I can hear a lot of investment bankers and lawyers screaming at us right now for saying this. Yeah, they're going mental, aren't they? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what? Friends? I don't need friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they'll be taking over the world in a year, mate, and uh, banishing us for this. But, um, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I got some legal fees. I just got some papers, actually, legal papers for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate, email them over. <laughs> oh, man, it is crazy, though. And I, I feel like, I mean, obviously, you're doing your own thing, so it's cool. But there are a lot of people that once you start working, you start to realize how different. Like, even for me, when I started uni, I realized how different school was. And I feel like once you start work, it's like, damn, uni was really, you know, that bubble is really over now totally um yeah when you get thrown into the work like work environment it's it's yeah it's a bit of a shock i think i've been lucky to do quite a lot of freelance work this year um and i got quite quickly into that after after a uh, university and um there were a couple of times where i thought wow this is all happening really really quickly um but yeah, uni is a bubble. You know, you don't. Uh, you and Michael were talking about this the other week. You don't. You don't have to turn up anywhere. Um, you know, you're not going to get kicked out if you if you do anything wrong. And um, I think that freedom will either be the best thing that's ever happened or the worst thing that's ever happened for you. It's it's how you take it. You could use that freedom to 
do something in your free time and 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 uh you know start something on the side or you could use that freedom to just chill and chilling is fine obviously but um but yeah it can it can also be a bit of an achilles heel for some people mm-hmm. definitely how have you like like how like i don't know how to say this actually like, in terms of work now do you really feel that work life pressure or are you kind of still still chilling to an extent um it's it varies because the decision to go freelance this year has meant that whenever I am on a project, it feels quite intense. But then again, you do get windows where you aren't necessarily working on stuff other than Baby Step. I'm very fortunate that we've started to now kind of gear Baby Step as a business. So I'm really lucky that it's looking like soon it might become a full time thing. It kind of is for now, but I just mean really consolidating that as an idea and feeling like I don't have to work elsewhere. But um all of the freelance things I've done. So I worked for uh, a magazine called Crack Magazine. They're based in Bristol, actually, mate. Um, yeah, I've seen them around. Yeah, I've written for them at festivals, and that's quite high intensity because you've got deadlines. And I've done that for other magazines like Mix Mag as well. Um, and then I did a thing. Uh, I was a production assistant for this events company, and that was quite intense as well. So. Um, when I am at work, I do find that balance is quite, um, yeah, I do find it quite hard, but yeah, I've been, uh, cause I've obviously been doing a few different things. I've managed to get quite a bit of free time amongst all of it. Mm-hmm. I can see the advantage for freelancing in terms of free time. It's well, great. But, um, you know, when, when you're in times like this, mate, it's not so, yeah, yeah. um, so yeah, it's definitely a double edged sword, man. Yeah. I was about to say, like, how are you making money now? I mean, I know Baby Step, you have some ongoing things. Like I've seen the challenge every day for the last 30 days. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like a series of ways. The magazine does bring in money with things like merchandise. And we're just about to start doing stuff like advertising. The events really help us out as well. They do really, really well. Um, but yeah, if I'm not doing that, uh, I do freelance writing for magazines. So they give you a set fee per article. So that's been helping um and yeah it's been amazing really like to be writing for some some of the magazines i have like ones i really look up to and and are a big source of inspiration for baby step like to be able to write for them and even get paid to do it it's like amazing but um so yeah that's what i've done on the side during during all of this mate um and yeah just trying to uh trying to make ends <laughs> ends meet but yeah it's um, <laughs> there's not too much pressure because I managed to save a bit when I was working in London. So, um, yeah, it's all good, mate. Yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, um, lucky I did now, to be honest, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't say, I mean, I've been pretty good at money for the last, I want to say two and a half years. But before that, I was so mad, uh, when I started uni, because obviously selling tweets in school, I must have got to first year. You know, for PS4, TV, all this good stuff. I'm like, but what am I? I can't eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I've got no money in the bank. Everyone needs to learn that kind of lesson at some point, though. Like, I think it's important. Like, I I never forget actually um, having this pocket pocket money once from my parents, and uh, I went to buy this thing, and it was obviously like a rip off. I can't remember what it was, but my dad was like, no, 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 um, don't get it. Like, it costs so much for what it is. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. It must have been like a toy or something. And then, and then my mom just said to my dad, no, like, listen, let him, 
and if and then he's got to realise in himself that that's a waste of money. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I think it's the same with uni as well. Like, um, everyone's got to learn that kind of lesson at some point of like, oh, you know, that's not how to spend your money. So, um, yeah, it is the way it is. And I, I, I think uni does make people see money a bit more for what it is by the end. Not at the start. I think at the start, people are super irrational and think that all that money's free and, but yeah, by the end, you definitely know what money is and the value of it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I literally started, I downloaded an app, what, three days ago? I started investing. I'm like, you know what? I'm never going to be poor again, man. <laughs> and <laughs> then COVID terrible. happened and everything dropped. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. It's not the one. I've never dipped into stocks or, or trading or anything like that. I just, uh, you obviously know Julian and uh and rory they're mad for it mate they're like fully into it and uh oh mate like when i hear them talk about like the value of gold and stuff i just think that is a nightmare like do not get me involved (laughs) do not get me involved (laughs) that's funny i didn't even know they were investing like that i don't i don't think they're investing like loads and loads apparently a big problem is you need a lot of money to make real money on it anyway but um yeah that, i'm sure they're doing it they're doing it right but yeah uh shout out to rory and julian actually my best mates during school and still now um uh, yeah they <laughs> they they've julian's come up to leeds but we need to get rory to leeds at some point but yeah i hope they're nice. well and safe during these crazy times yeah shout out julian i haven't seen julian in ages but i've, I've noticed rory just he's a machine now <laughs> oh no! Yeah, he's he's doing bits since finishing you uh, since going to uni. Sorry, um, mm, big like guy, gym and uh, and doing all of those things. So yeah, um, I think uni's great for some people, man. Like he's really really enjoyed it, uh, and he's like another person I know who just got a lot out of it. So yeah, uh, yeah, good for Rory, mate. <laughs> Go on, Rory. <laughs> I'd love to look back and see how guys are doing from school. Oh, I feel like our year was the best in terms of potential. Yeah, there was so much potential. And also, I thought, I thought there were just a lot of very sound people in our year. I just thought people were pretty nice on the whole. Like, um, there was, yeah, just most people now, if you introduce me to them again after all of this time. I'd, I think I'd just be cool with most people and just be like, oh, how are you doing, man? Like, I didn't ever feel like there was really, really bad arguments or tension in our year. Um, but yeah, as you said, there was a lot of, uh, talent as well. It'd be good to see where, what everyone's doing now. Yeah, for sure. I feel like I was in some couple of fights in school. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think that. I'm sure you will have been. Wait, who with? I don't even, I, I remember. Was he in nine? I think I can't remember what year it was, but I remember Gareth messaged me on Facebook saying like, "One day I'm going to kill Jordan," and he got like a billion likes. <laughs> oh my god! Was that an Audi car park fight or a little car? <laughs> I forget. Oh, Audi car park was the one, man. I think we've literally got to talk about that now, man. <laughs> but it's just, <laughs> yeah. What, what was it, Audi or little? It doesn't matter, does it? But yeah, there was down our road was a was a little uh, from our school down the road from our school, and whenever there was a uh, yeah t- tension, should you say, or like people wanted to to, to sort something out, they'd go there. And <laughs> I saw some of the worst 
fight him ever at, at that place. Like, I don't know if I ever saw a real fight there. It's probably, it's a good thing, obviously. Like, but yeah, just everyone used to go there and kind of bail out. Like, in the, it was hilarious. It was too funny. It's cause at the, at the end of the day, like, we had like quote unquote beefs, but no one really hated each other. So it was never serious enough to escalate. It was fine, wasn't it? There was no real, like, we, I don't think we went to, like a school of hard knocks or anything. I think it was pretty, pretty tame, pretty tame. Um, I remember fighting Brendan there, of all people, like one of my closest friends. <laughs> oh, mate. Yeah, I think I bless him. How is Brendan? It'd be really good to speak to him at some point. Yeah, Brendan, I'm actually going to call him. Well, I mean, he's meant to be on the podcast today, but he just keeps Singapore time is, is crazy. Oh, is he in but... Singapore still? Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's nuts. Like he he finishes national service this year in February. Yeah. And he's staying there for another two years now because his brothers are going. Oh wow. It's nuts. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing though. He's looking like he's in good shape and everything, and he's really enjoying it out there, man. Yeah, yeah. That military training, like, I I wish we had that here. I would I would love to do two years of military, just national service. <laughs> oh mate. <laughs> you, but uh i bet that'd be fun for like a week man but yeah it's like with that i've, I've always thought of something like that like that or boxing training just even for a tiny bit it'd be so cool to see what it was like to just train to that intensity for a long time yeah yeah would you ever do that like now that you have time on your hands just oh, get mate. massive for no reason. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing that always, that's the thing that I think being healthy and fit is something that is like, that makes complete sense. And that's very logical to me. But mm. what I don't find gym at this moment in time that logical with the getting really big. That's the only thing Like I think keeping healthy is really, really good. Um, but yeah, just getting shredded, like the amount of effort it takes it. I don't know. I just don't think I'm, desperate enough to be to be massive it's sick if you are it's obviously really good if you do have that drive to do that but um i think for now i'm not too not too focused on being wham but uh, i'd like to just be, <laughs> i'd like i'd definitely like to be like more fit and healthy and and get running more and stuff but yeah might have mm. to at some point during all of this just get massive trust <laughs> me man no i just had a crazy idea as well <laughs> uh, we, you should do it? A baby, uh, a baby step funded fight between you and Rory. Oh, mate, yeah. <laughs> a little combo. That would go off, mate. That would go off. If you, if you do pay per view, like, you got my money right now. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, <laughs> mate. I think Rory would have a bit going for him, though, with all of the gym and everything. But yeah, I could never, I could never fight Rory, mate. <laughs> He's too good, a, good of a friend, mate. It would be, it'd be heartbreaking, man. <laughs> be like you and Brendan all over again. Oh man, make Audi car park baby step productions. Yeah, <laughs> get it. Out. All the camera crew and everything raise like fifteen grand with the pay per view. It'd be unreal. <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm so there for that. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to do it, man. Mad, mad, mad. What are you planning to do next with baby step? Yeah, so uh, the next step, actually, it came to us really recently. Um, so this all-day broadcast was, it, it was amazing. And it was, I talked earlier a bit about how we have different 
different milestones for the magazine. So doing an event was one and then having a radio show was on and then studio was one. Um, but yeah, doing this radio thing really felt like a, um, it really felt like a stepping stone for us just because, uh, the guests we had on, they were people I'd really admired when I first came to the city, um, really looked up to. And I think they're all kind of the masters in what they do. They're all at the top of their game in Leeds at what they do. You know, Matt Healy's the probably the most famous chef in Leeds. Um, Nicholas Dixon's the most famous artist. And, you know, you could go on and on. Um, so they've done so well in their thing. So having them on was just amazing. Um, but, yeah, during that, at the end of every cap, every time we post something, um we kept writing remember we will dance again and it just stuck with us like we will dance again as like a quite positive uh message to be sending out to people mm. so the next the next thing we're thinking of is to do um to put out a competition to we're friends with like quite a few artists um and graphic designers so we're going to put out a competition um that basically invites artists to make their own design they've got complete control over the design um but just with the words we will dance again on a t-shirt and they can do whatever design they want with that and it's just a a bit of a symbol of like hope and um once we've made that t-shirt and the winners announced all of the sales that we make or profits we make from that are going to go straight to the nhs um so that is going to take a bit of organizing but we're really really looking forward to doing that mate yeah, yeah, that's lovely, though, man. No, it should be a really, really good thing. Um, we got, we feel really grateful to have been chosen by Leeds Student Radio for them to fundraise money for us. And we want to return the favor by, um, yeah, fundraising for someone else and, and helping someone else out. So, uh, yeah, that's what we're going to do. And then aside from that, there's plenty more content, you know, filmed, recorded and written. Um, that's going to be going out there. So we're just always thinking of new ideas, mate. You know, that's the most immediate one I can think of, but just always kind of pushing to expand the magazine and just create more opportunities for our contributors and uh, better and better content for our, um, for, you know, the people who follow us. Yeah. The community. Yeah. That's vibes, though. It's no. like, it's, it's cold how much, like how much you do for charity. I've noticed as well, like, so far, all the money you seem to have raised has gone straight back to charity. Like, I love that. Yeah, we do our best, like, with things like the yoga thing and the T-shirt giveaway. There's just certain moments where – the T-shirt competition, sorry. There's certain moments where, um, you know, you do something you've really enjoyed and you've got a lot out of. And by the end, you just feel a bit weird to capitalize on it and make money off it. So, um, yeah, I just think a lot of the time it feels more fitting to do something for charity. And uh, I think it's more rewarding, mate, than uh, than getting uh, the money yourself sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, I get that. I think I'm too poor now to appreciate that, but <laughs> I, I see your point. It's just a balance, I think, mate. Um, it's not saying to people that, you know, whatever they should do should be for the, you know, for charity and all yeah, of that. Yeah. But but getting that in there when you can um is is brilliant and we're lucky enough to have a reach and sort of um have enough time on our hands to do projects like that um so yeah it's just trying to make good use of our time during during all of this uh madness going on mm-hmm. i love that man that's sick do you feel more at home i guess in leeds than in london in terms of like let's say you're giving money to your quote-unquote community yeah 
Uh, I feel more in touch with like the local uh, community in Leeds in terms of like charities and and venues and stuff. But um, that's not reflective of London. That's maybe reflective of where I'm from, like Whit Whitton and Twickenham. It's not it's not that I've got anything against where I'm from or or, <laughs> don't, or don't like it. There's just not as much going on in respect to like music venues and and all of those other things and and in Leeds you know it's all around you so I just feel more inclined to get in touch with them but yeah it'd be nice to look at what's going on around me in London I'm sure there is more stuff than I know about so uh yeah and then in terms of feeling at home um they're both home in different ways I think you know when when you're at home with your family at christmas and stuff like that's home isn't it like that mm. is that is what home is but um equally when you're around your friends in leeds and you're you know with your creative endeavors and all that thing that feels like a home as well so i just feel lucky enough it's not home to me doesn't mean one place it means you know more than one place it means leeds and london so um yeah they both mean home in different ways i suppose but yeah 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 it's just the vibes isn't it what about you with Bristol? Do you feel uh do you feel Bristol's homely or <laughs> uh it's hard to I mean my Bristol experience has been wild because last year I was living by myself. This year I'm basically living by myself as well. So it's hard to to I guess bridge that gap, you know, make that connection with the city. But I get yeah. I do I do love it there. And I think after I graduate, if I don't get a job straight away, I'll definitely spend some time out in Bristol because it's just quieter. Yeah, enjoy yourself, man. Um, there's a big thing. I think people really rush off the university to what's the next step? What's the new big thing I can do? And, you know, if, if you can enjoy a city for a bit more and, and live there and, you know, you will have, by the time you're finished at uni, mate, like you will have built, you know, uh, friendship groups, what even working relationships as well that you don't just want to ditch straight away. Um, and yeah, I think I, I think it says something even like like CV wise to say that you stayed in the city after you studied there, um, and that you didn't just go straight home. Yeah, I feel like there's a level of independence to it because like going straight home, if you if you can afford to stay out, obviously, but it it shows a lack of I guess connection between where you studied and you know where you live. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but I can see your point. That's it, man. That's it. Um, but yeah, like every time I do go home, I absolutely love it. Um, and yeah, maybe one day I will live in London, live in London, like again for, for a long time. Um, but yeah, just happy in Leeds, man. Yeah. Yeah. For a fact, when we get, um, the next John Proctor on, you got to come down for that though. Oh, mate. That's, that's a London weekend. Of course. That's happening, mate. Yeah. It's, it's the beauty of being in Leeds, man. It's like, it's only two hours on the train. Like, in a heartbeat, you can be back. If there's ever an emergency, you know, I, I class John Proctor as an emergency, mate. If that gets called <laughs> on me, that's the same as a family emergency, mate. Like, I'm straight there. I'll be straight there, mate. Um, but yeah, it's so, it's so close, like, just on the train that, yeah, I can, whenever there's a big weekend or just something, comes up like even with West Ham mate like if there's a big game I'll I'll head straight back like um straight back to London <laughs> that's the one man that's the one yeah relegation uh relegation deciders mate I'll live for it <laughs> <laughs> oh if you get relegated that'd be so sad man 
Yeah, I do. Oh, mate, who knows what's even going to... We're out of the relegation zone for now. And obviously, with everything that's happening, they might cancel the season or they might carry it on. But, mate, it's hard to even think about football with everything going on. Like, I do miss it a lot. And don't get me wrong, I've been watching so many, like, you know, volley, best best Premier League volleys. Like, that's all <laughs> I've been watching on on YouTube, like Van Persie just going nuts. Uh, I've been rinsing that recently. But it's hard to think about football, um, you know, just like people are saying, when's it going to be back? And I think it's just so deep with everything going on that it's not even, it feels almost wrong caring like too much about football at the moment do you know what mm. i mean yeah i get you 100 percent. like at the start i was like oh is this gonna mean west ham get relegated or not and then i'm just like <laughs> what am i on about like i'm just i'm just seeing the stuff going on it's like life and death stuff so uh yeah i just it, it's gonna be nuts to even think that at some point we're all gonna be able to go to football again like even that's crazy mm. um yeah, and the Premier League were gonna, the FA advised them to carry on with the games for a bit, even after this went nuts. Like, um, the week where all of the teams cancelled their games, the FA said they could go ahead and play those games. Imagine they did, and the amount, like, the thousands of people who would have all congregated to those games. It would have been awful in terms of, like, people catching a uh, coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. No, it would have been nuts. And it's annoying because so, like people are saying, "I oh, play behind closed doors, all of that." But if you look at PSG in the Champions League, like they just gathered outside anyway, or like <laughs> people are still going to go to pubs and bars. You can't just you have yeah. to cancel it, really. That's it, man. That's it. Um, but yeah, we'll see. It's it's just impossible to talk about for now. Like we don't even know when we're going to be allowed out of our houses, let alone when when we're going to be watching like <laughs> West Ham versus Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally, man. Isn't like. Like Michael said it as well on his on the podcast with him, but he was saying how it's going to be a while until things are normal again. Because even if we are allowed outside, like you don't want to catch it still until there's a vaccine. Mate, the stigma is going to stay for a long time. I think obviously there's going to be that initial like crazy start where where everyone goes a bit nuts. Like obviously that will happen where people get really excited and all go out to the pubs and parks and whatever. But mate, like. In terms of events, football matches, gigs, all of those things, like people are going to fight, be really uncomfortable with the idea of being around hundreds or thousands of people. Like things like there's so many industries or just kind of day to day activities that are going to take so long to feel normal again. Mm. Like it's going to be a long time. Like. I won't be getting on the tube anytime soon, I don't think. <laughs> I can't lie. I don't even get on the tube in normal circumstances, man. I hate yeah. I hate the Piccadilly. Oh, it's disgusting, bro. Like the tube, that was my one thing in uh when I worked in London where I just I it was like I think most people from London are pretty proud to be from London and they like mm. and they embrace it. But when I get on the tube, I just feel like I feel like a little bit disgusted that I'm from this place. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Everyone's on mm. there and like shoulder barging each other. And then the next train's in like a minute. It's just like, what has the world come to? And some of these guys are on like 80 grand a year. And you're just like, what? But they can't work out just to wait another minute for a train. Like, 
the things I saw in the three months I was on that tube, mate, I'm traumatized. Like, <laughs> it was, it was ridiculous. Like, people just take it to a whole nother lengths and I don't know. It's, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, mate. Like, I remember I heard a story once my friend, he was saying he went to an interview for some bank. And yeah. like he ran onto this train, he pushed past some woman, like it, he's like, I was gonna be late, so I got there just on time. And he's waiting for like ten minutes for the interview to show up, like what's going on? Am I am I messed up? Is it the wrong day? Whatever. Yeah. The woman who comes in to interview him is the guy who pushed past on the train. Oh, <laughs> oh mate. What a shocker. <laughs> that is so Oh, I don't even want to say karma. That is just I just feel so sorry for him. <laughs> I, know, I, I know, I know most other people would use this to take the moral high ground and go, oh, well, it's his fault, but that is just as unlucky as it gets. Of all seven million people in London, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. Oh, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it is nuts, though, because you get that like 20 times a day, especially during rush hour. Like, I remember I had a, a uh, internship or two years ago. And those four days on the tube were the, the, the complete nightmare trying to get onto the train that, that early in the morning. Yeah, it's not nice. Like I managed to find a way that where I could get on an overground halfway through my journey and like stop all of that happening. But um it just if you don't, I think the best thing to do is just separate yourself from the madness and just and just think, God, this is ridiculous, because otherwise, um it would just destroy you every morning, man. Like that was another thing I noticed when I went to London. Like when you get on the tube, uh, worked in London, sorry, when you get in the tube, how genuinely devastated people look that, that, that they've got to go to work. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's genuinely so sad. Like, oh mate, like the tie barely on them and like the, oh, it just looks like they've, oh, just, it's a, it's a sad sight. It's a sad sight. And that's why, you know, when you're talking about staying in Bristol for another year and enjoying yourself, just enjoy it because, you know, you don't want to be that guy on the tube crying. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's so true, man. Yeah, it's not the one. If you ever see me crying on a tube, like, call my mum, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Say, come and collect your child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's crazy. It, I do feel for London, though, because I, in Bristol, I met the guy who, um, he owns Wiggle. Wiggle's like a, how do I explain it? They, when there's food at the end of each day or whatever, for different yeah. restaurants, they can they provide that to you, so they give it to you like discount of all the local. Oh, in yeah, yeah, I've heard of that, man. Is that a Bristol-based app, or is that like everywhere that thing? Yeah, it's, it's Bristol-based. Oh, cool. There's one of the, those in Leeds. It's um, I'm not sure what the name is, but uh, it's a great idea, man. Yeah, yeah, it's a very good idea. But I remember I was talking to the guy who who, who started it, and he was saying he tried it in London, but. Because, you know, you think there's such, so much opportunity there, so many people there, but it's so hard to stand out. It's so hard to, to like, make a mark there where everyone's always, like, looking down, everyone's always stressed. So he came to Bristol, within, like, three months, blew up. Yeah, because like, I suppose people have just got that, that bit more time on their hands to actually go and get the food. And it worked really well in Leeds. Um, I don't know what the app was 
was called here, but I used to always get stuff from um from the University of Leeds, like and they'd yeah, it'd be the stuff that they hadn't sold during the day and it's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Also I started it. <laughs> yeah, me too, man, me too. Have you got any business ideas down the uh down the pipeline, mate? I feel like you'd always have that type of thing in you, man. <laughs> of course, man. I mean the this podcast was designed to be a lot more, and obviously because the lockdown has been tight to to do what I wanted to do with it. But yeah, you'll see, you'll see in due time. I don't want to leak too much yet, but <laughs> oh, good stuff. Good luck with it, all man. I'm <laughs> Cheers, sure man. it'll pop off. Once I stop, I'll be in touch. Good stuff, mate. Good stuff. Let me know if you need any ad space in the magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, man. It is nuts, though. I feel like. Now that we're, now that I'm older and I see guys doing stuff, you, you really start to appreciate, like, you actually can do things out here other than work nine to five. Totally, man. I think it's, it's in your hands and there's going to be so many times in doing whatever you do where it doesn't feel real and it, it doesn't quite feel like what you're doing will amount to a full time thing. And, and even if it doesn't amount to a full time thing, it might amount to you, you know, working at, so say baby step, doesn't become a full-time thing i can do it might result in me working for a magazine full-time do you know what i mean another magazine full-time like Mm -hmm. you've always just got to be open to the idea that i just think showing that you're passionate and showing that you you want to take yourself somewhere people are always going to like that like no one's ever going to be annoyed at a trier do you know what i mean like if you if you make a business idea and it doesn't quite go to plan but you really tried hard and you did it with your studies like that's appealing like surely that's appealing like um but yeah you're right like the idea of you can just turn things um yeah you can just turn things around or you can you can create stuff um i definitely believe in that and i've been lucky enough that with the magazine we have made it into something but there were definitely times where like my parents initially didn't believe in it as much they did quickly begin to believe in it though they were they've and they've been so so supportive with it all but i've noticed in particular when i talk to adults um they would initially find the concept quite hard to understand about how it would happen um but then slowly but surely you prove not prove to them but more prove to yourself that you know you can go in the right direction and and and, and transform a hobby into like a business or a job mm, mm, very true man yeah, like I'd be doing this even if it wasn't a job, like or or like a form of employment. Like I'd I'd do this just because I love it. It's um, you know, when I'm about to interview a band or just after I have, like that is probably my favourite feeling in the world at the moment. I love it. Mad. Like it genuinely is the biggest buzz ever. Um, yeah, it's almost like score, scoring a goal or something with like. <laughs> But I don't think I'm going to be a baller at this point, mate. It's a it's a tough reality learning. You're not going to play for your your boyhood club, isn't it? It's uh, oh, it's me. always sad. Yeah, I'm just about coming to terms that I won't be playing up front for West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can't. I think I deeped that with football a long time ago. So my yeah. goal now is to buy Arsenal one day. Just I love that. Give I me twenty that. billion dollars, and then you know I'll make it happen. <laughs> you've, you've always got to have so, uh, an aim that seems like almost just silly, like just uh, just so out there. And uh, 
I think I think you should be always aspiring to um to have some sort of goal or some next step till till the very end really because that's I think a lot of what life's about um yeah just like going as far as you can in what you do but also obviously like the people you meet along the way and and all of those things but it's just Mm -hmm. important to just keep going and and every time you get that moment where you're like oh we've we've made it with this or oh I never thought it would go this far just reset it's so so important don't don't go okay that's over now that's done we've done it because then you get complacent so every time i get to a moment where i'm like right that that was a really nice like milestone i just like to take a breather and think about what's next yeah yeah yeah. no i get that because i i remember being told like it takes a start up on average three years to flop and that thought has stuck with me for so long because it's like I could, I'd rather start three businesses, in, three businesses in ten years and have them all fail than you know stay in one place for ten years. Because once you well, start winning and you get complacent, you forget what it's like to lose. It's yeah, yeah, life gets peak after that. So true, man. And I think the thing you said about three businesses in ten years, like the probability of all three of those businesses flopping gets a lot lower as you move through each business because of the things you learn along the way and. I think taking risks and and making yourself vulnerable to uh to failure also opens you up to being very successful. So it's it's a risk worth taking, but the longer you work at it, the less of a risk it is really. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas doing the same thing for 10 years gets the same result every time and that's why yeah, I mean, fair play if you do do that and um some people are gonna you know do that kind of thing and i do get it it's comfort it's security but if you want to make your own business or you want to do your own projects like you've got to accept that failure or setbacks are a major part of it and they've got to be used as a tool to to push you forward and and do well like my dad uh he worked in london for like advertising agencies uh for a number of years um, but he always in the back he's very like entrepreneurial and in the back of his head he always had business ideas and he tried a few things he'd honestly do anything like he did he had a bouncy castle company <laughs> he had <laughs> and and that went well that literally went well but obviously it's like not enough to for it to do well he had a hot dog stall he did a hot dog stall outside twicken and rugby ground and then now he does an artificial grass company and he's hit he's hit a really good note with that and he's doing really well with that and yeah it's weird actually that's his third business and you said the free business thing so yeah um i'm sure the things he learned from those other two endeavors taught him a lot about this one and just to see how happy he is in himself and how much fulfillment he gets from his work like that is um it's inspiring to me his quality of life and his happiness um it's it's brilliant but he's a guy who who has had those setbacks and it it didn't come to him easily so yeah i just think the point he's at now um has really taught me that you know just go for it and believe in yourself even if you do have setbacks along the way mm-hmm yeah that's powerful man i didn't even know your dad was like that <laughs> yeah um I mean, he'd worked, I think, I don't, I don't really know, like, 
the ins and outs of the the jobs he had before in terms of like the nature of the industry and where it was yeah, going. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe he was in a, I think from what I know, a part of the part of the industry he was involved in was like declining somewhat just because of online. Like he worked for yellow pages at the start. Um, mm. Like obviously yellow pages was like the, the fountain of all knowledge of business. <laughs> like if you, if you needed a, if you needed a, um, you know, anything, man, if you needed a plumber, if you needed, that's where you go. That was the internet. It was like a Bible version of the internet. <laughs> so yeah. And, um, and yeah. And then I just think advertising changed and he was rolling with it, but I think the game he, he was in in the first place was very different from the one he was in his last years of being involved in it. And then yeah, he took, he took the plunge and, and did those businesses. But yeah, to see him do that and have the endeavor and it's been amazing and my mum's a massive part of that as well she she they now run the business together um the artificial grass business together and yeah i think my dad my mum definitely keeps my dad in order with it all like <laughs> i think my mum's like the rock behind it all like with with organizing it but um but yeah, it's, it's been amazing to see. And even though I want to do something very different to like artificial grass, like I can still, <laughs> I can still learn a lot from that. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. That's mad. I never knew there was a business for, for artificial grass. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Maybe that's where he hit the, hit the kind of nail on the head. But, um, yeah, he loves it and it's doing well. So, uh, yeah, good on him. Yeah. More power to him, man. Yeah, go on, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> I think having now that you explained that, it makes a lot more sense now that you're doing baby steps. Because before I was like, how do you go from sociology and yeah, you know, on the subs of A side to <laughs> 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 to start on your magazine? It was it. It seemed like so such a massive step that I never understood before. But it makes a lot of sense now that you explained that. I think maybe yeah, maybe there was a a bit of that in me that I just didn't exercise during school um, as much as I do now. Yeah, for me that, yeah, it just something about Leeds really felt like a reset and a re, yeah, just like, right, okay, fresh start. Nothing was wrong about the first, about school. Nothing went wrong. It's just things could have gone a lot better. And and that's that's what I realised. Like, that was the whole problem I had with school. Getting by was the aim like with a levels with just data like just just doing enough to get into sick form then doing enough to just get into university do you know what i mean mm-hmm. I, I, I wasn't saying like i'm going to do enough to get into a good university i was just saying i'm going to do enough to get into university whatsoever and that survival thing went like before it was like just get by whereas now it's like no how do you thrive and how do you build on stuff and yeah, I I don't know what I think it was just maybe having a bit of a talk to myself of just like come on mate like sort it out basically and I don't know where that came from or why it happened but it did and yeah I feel grateful that it did and uh and yeah yeah that's cold man I guess it's a a combination of reflecting and self awareness right just knowing that look I can do so much more than what I've done so far and just actually executing towards that goal yeah i think that's it um and i just yeah i just felt a bit dissatisfied in in myself with 
with my with my grades and stuff and I know a lot of people would say yeah but you ended up in this position anyway so even if you get got better grades it wouldn't have changed anything but it was more mm-hmm. just like being in a situation for that many years and not trying your best or not remotely trying your best that's just not good do you know what I mean like yeah 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 um, and that was more the thing so yeah just decided to there had to be a time to to switch it on a bit more um yeah and I'm glad I did and I just feel more alive in general for it like socially as well as just like in a professional sense like I just feel like um yeah I just feel like a bit richer lifestyle wise as well as a result so um it's been a really good thing coming to Leeds and uh and yeah man mm-hmm. now that's that's very good to hear man do you think uh how do I put this like because obviously you're not necessarily different now but then we, when you look back on how you were before and how you know how we acted in school and that would yeah. you say that was like a welcome change or were you always like low-key not as happy as you could have been and just didn't realize it I think I was happy I think I was always happy at school always always very happy socially but you know great friends I I think for the most part great teachers great school everything was happy but I just I just don't think I was satisfied in terms of personal achievement it's one aspect but it's a very foundational thing to Mm. general happiness it's only one thing I wasn't happy in I still have the best memories the best friends um the best times at St Mark's in school but the one thing that lacked was yeah like achievement basically just achieving stuff in general and and now that I do have that um yeah I just feel a lot more fulfilled in general it was just yeah I I mean there's loads of ways you could you could deep it and go really like why didn't I care then and and why why has it happened now but Mm -hmm. the fact is I am where I am now and um I feel really happy with the past three years and how things have gone so you know, if anything, maybe maybe not being as on it at school led to me being more on it now. So um, I wouldn't change a thing. But, yeah, there was definitely like quite a drastic change between attitude um, at school and attitude at university. Yeah, yeah. I guess it sounds like it's more of a perspective thing. Like you get older, you realise that, you know, I can do more. So why would I continue being a child? <laughs> totally. <laughs> but like totally. a better words. That's it. That's it. There are a lot of things that were just at school. I, yeah, I think I didn't accept, like, I don't know, at university, I just realised, right, get on with it. And if you don't, you just won't get a good grade. At school, <laughs> I think everyone, like, a lot of people thought there was a point to be proved and all of that. There isn't. There isn't <laughs> a point to be proved. You get the grade you get. That's it. Like, but, um, yeah, I think I was just a bit naive at school. Like, I had only really ever one bad like teaching experience like as in one bad experience as in like where a teacher I think impacted me quite negatively at St Mark's and that was English A level um and I remember this left me feeling quite alienated like with the subject where uh we had one really really good teacher um Mm. it was really eccentric and great um yeah, it was, he was, he was ace. And then, but yeah, just this one, this one English teacher I did have, um, 
I never forget in the A-level thing, like she just kept giving me a C for this piece of coursework. And I was like, what do I need to do? What do I need to do to get a better grade here? I didn't get it, what I was meant to do. So I was like, like, okay, like, <laughs> screw it, screw it. I'm just going to do a bit of a kind of, I don't know what you could call it. Let's see, let's call it like a cry for help to this teacher. Like I wanted to show her that I was really struggling and like, I just didn't know what to do. So Philip Garcia was the god of English, mate. Like he was the best student ever. Like he was so clever. Yeah. And he, he, he sent me his essay. He always would and be like, yeah, you know, use whatever you want in terms of like inspiration for it or references. So I'd, I used it and most of the time I'd reference it and I, I wouldn't, t- yeah, but. Um, this one time I thought, right, I'm just going to copy and paste this whole thing and I'm going to hand it in and I'm going to see. I, 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 in my head, I thought the teacher was going to go, right, you've, you're cheating as in you've copied someone else. What's wrong? Mm. And then we talk, and then we talk about it and I'd go, oh, I'm so sorry, but this is why I feel really feel like it really isn't going well. So I copied it word for word. The only thing I changed, mate, was my name. <laughs> you know, Philip <laughs> got crossed out. Josh Crow got put in, and she gave me a C. <laughs> and <laughs> and I couldn't believe it, mate. I could not believe it. So after that, I felt really like disenfranchised. I just mm-hmm. thought, okay, you've made your mind up about me, and that's it. But nowadays, my attitude would be like, right, okay. You can judge me, but an examiner's not going to judge me. They they don't know who I am, so I'm just going to work really hard for the exam. But that kind of thought process just didn't happen back then with me. I don't know why. It's just being, I don't know, it's just being a bit naive at the time. But, you know, some people just come to these moments or or have these values and attitudes at different points to each other. So my time for kind of more serious and focus side of me came during Leeds but um it's blessed that it did I'm 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 completely cool with how things have panned out <laughs> yeah that's good I gotta ask what did Philip get in that in that coursework full full marks I'm pretty sure mate <laughs> that's what that's why I was copying it yeah it was it was full it was like I think they were saying it was one of the best they'd marked in like years honestly he was unbelievable at English but um yeah, um, they were not feeling, they were not feeling my, uh, copy and pasted, uh, version of it for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> That's mad. Oh man. Yeah, it was a shame, man. I, I did, I did after that just think like, wow. But, um, and yeah, now, now that it, it just feels really weird because obviously, doing the degree and then write, being an editor for a magazine, I would have never thought that it would have gone from, being that desperate in an English class to like writing being what I want to pursue as a profession. So it's been, it's been a bit of a crazy journey, really. Yeah. yeah, Sounds like it. I think, cause I remember doing a similar thing with Philip. I copied one of his homeworks for history. <laughs> <laughs> Philip, like anything that was writing related, he was the guy to go to. Like <laughs> one of the best writers ever, mate. I just, oh. He was so good at it. He should have, uh, I think he did a science or something, but he, he, he totally could have been, um, a writer in any respect, a novelist or he, he was so good at writing. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Philip, man. 
Yeah, shout out Philip, mate. Hope you're doing well. <laughs> but yeah, school was mad. I don't think I ever had a really negative experience with any individual teacher, but mm. no, I hear what you mean. Like you definitely learn a lot from from those experiences. And then coming to uni, it's like, wait a minute, it's not necessarily about any individual. It's more about you know, I guess in school, yeah, markers. In uni, it's kind of like, how does this impact me and my career and like where I'm going next? And yeah, you start to get better questions. I just didn't do the stupid stuff I would do in the lead up to work or exams at school. At school, I'd be asking, how much have you revised? How, lo- how you know, how, mm. uh, why, why are you doing that? Like, that is just stupid, stupid stuff to be caring about. And, and half your boys would lie, wouldn't they? They'd say they'd done an hour and they'd, they'd revise for five days. Like, no doubt. Like, <laughs> you just, it was, yeah. it was, it was, it was all of that, but like, once you start caring about those types of things, that is a losing mentality as far as I'm concerned. Like if, do you know what I mean? Like if you start, I don't know, it's like in a boxing match, if you start talking about the opponent's gloves or like, or like, do you know what I mean? You're not focused on what you're going to do. You're not yeah, focused yeah. on, on, on your game and what you're going to do. Do you know, or in a race when you look at another person running, like, you should be looking straight ahead and, and doing what you've got to do. And uh, yeah, that just wasn't there at school. Um, yeah, uh, but 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 then at uni it it just came, and um, yeah, I'm glad for it. But yeah, it's just about getting focused in, knowing who you are, and and setting your own goals. And um, you can aspire to other people and get inspired by them, but don't compare yourself all the time to them. Do your own thing and set your own standards, I think. Yeah, that's a big one. Because me, and especially in school, I was always like, oh, you know, I would have done better, but I didn't revise. You know, she revised. She's a bang out. I could have done that if I if I worked harder. Yeah, that <laughs> bang out then, thing is the stupidest, stupidest thing that ever existed. And I massively took part in it. And I'm so annoyed at myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, like, what was that about? Like, taking taking the piss out of people for working hard that is insane like what were we doing like <laughs> but yeah but, but yeah it's um yeah it was school was great though like uh, uh, aside from could have done a bit better with grades it was it was still a great time like i loved it mm, absolutely i mean year seven to eleven like i wouldn't give up for anything no nah, it was amazing and i still occasionally think back to like those crazy times and uh they were brilliant man they were so so fun um <laughs> yeah great memories man i remember i was scrolling through facebook like a couple of weeks ago and i saw yeah. pictures that we took um you know in the back room of drama i have one of you and then one of jamie and joe wow wow <laughs> <laughs> and this is the back when we weren't even allowed phones in school <laughs> that rule that what did you think about that as a rule at school, mate? I've always thought that was so stupid. At the time, I thought it was dumb. But looking back, I think there are some rules that the school had in place that make that are good rules, but they didn't enforce them in the right ways. And I think phones are one of them because, like, if your phone gets stolen, it's, you know, you're kind of screwed. I suppose Hounslow was a pretty peak area that... Um... That, yeah, it was very, it was a very real thing that like carrying your phone around you would, could put you in danger, I suppose. So, but yeah, I just, 
I remember like certain situations like trying to get home from something or like being in a where you just needed a phone and I didn't have one on me and I was just like this mm-hmm. is the worst thing this is the worst thing ever <laughs> if the school had said like you can bring a phone in but you can't use it in school that would make a lot more sense but I yeah like ha- hand it in at the start of the day or something like that yeah mm, they were very weird with rules like the whole low haircut thing I wasn't. I got suspended every year for having a two on the side. Like, <laughs> come on! I used to. I remember that we'd be playing football and Miss Bernard just are you out and you'd be. I wouldn't see you for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bye, Jordan. <laughs> oh man, those those were like some of the weirdest days. I remember it was a snowy day once, and I threw a yeah. snowball. I think I missed. It must have been Michael or something. I hit a teacher. And then they turned around, clocks that had no hair. It's like, yeah, you're, you're out. <laughs> Ridiculous, wasn't it? Yeah, I never, I never got in trouble with like uniform or anything necessarily, but wow, how strict was it, man? It was, it was insane. Like a, a, a jacket being a slightly, slightly the wrong color. And it was, uh, it, it was nuts, but I'm sure a lot of those things we thought were silly probably, probably were good in some, some respect, but, uh, but yeah, it's nuts. And then you go to union, it's just a free for all, man. Like it's <laughs> everyone's just trying to dress edgier and edgier than the other person. It's uh, it's nuts. Trust me, man. I'm, I'm literally sitting here in sliders and tracksuit, like. <laughs> yeah, with some West Ham shorts on and uh, <laughs> and this like jacket. Yeah, I just I love the like license to just dress, dress however you want, man. It's it's fun. <laughs> man, it's funny, like. Some people are dressing like this because obviously it's lockdown. This is my normal attire. Like, I'll go yeah. to the shop and sliders. <laughs> not change the thing, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Good times, good times. Um, but yeah, man, as far as questions and stuff goes, that's basically what I got for you. No, mate. It was, uh, that was a good one, man. It was good to talk about, about the magazine in general. And then I, I knew, of course, that, uh, just loads of memories would come back and, and just just general talk but uh yeah mate thanks so much for having me on like i really really enjoyed talking about about everything and it's been really nice to catch up on uh on uh <laughs> on school and and everything <laughs> absolutely man it was great to have you on no, and actually so i gotta say before you cut um what have you got to plug other than obviously baby step um i mean at the moment it's been quite full-on with just just the magazine in general so i'd just say keep keep your eyes eyes peeled for that um and uh, just stuff coming out with a magazine but but other than that i'd just say um i'd just say with this t-shirt thing we've got coming up if you have got if you have got um you know any spare money i know this is a crazy time for for funds i know everyone's very you know running very low on money but if if you do have you know a, a spare a spare few quid to get to get this shirt that you know we are donating all of the all of the proceeds to um to the nhs that'd be amazing but other than that just 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 check out the magazine because it's 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 the best thing in in the respect that it's you know all of my friends and and everyone who is involved who's doing something creative their stuff gets shared on there so um yeah not so much for me but just even for them if you see a piece of art um a written article a bit of poetry a video you like on our magazine head over to that artist's page or 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 account and and give them some love and and yeah um 
just whatever whatever you guys are doing or planning to do just this is this is a really good time to think about it and home in on it and just try and uh try and pursue what it is that uh that you want to do and try and help other people along the way mm, that's poetic man <laughs> cheers, <laughs> cheers I, I man i'm on my instagram snippet now <laughs> love it love it <laughs> all right dope man thanks yeah. bro fuck b-side as well Ha, 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 ha.